everybody to Monkey Business Show episode 19. What's up? Well, uh, Johan is not here today because he's like surprisingly coaching in the major. So we brought Kyle for reinforcements and Mira. What's up? Hey. Lovely to meet you. Lovely to meet you too. I I'm just here for a comic relief. From comic yeah. relief. Okay, so who's going to be the serious person in this podcast? Kyle. Kyle is holding his serious face. Kyle looks like he slept an hour and a half in a bus stop. It's been... No. <laughs> it's been a long week, okay? I got a uh, lot, lot going on that will be revealed soon. Okay. And uh, I finally found a place to live, which was you like extra a place homework. to live. I did. Okay. Did I show you yet? Uh, no, no, no. But maybe the whole uh, bus stop is not really that far away from reality. Uh, there's always <laughs> tent cities I could join, but for now, uh -huh. I'm, uh, I'm just trying to find a... Yeah, I see running water, honestly. Otherwise, outdoors would be fine. Mm. Yeah. Awesome. I mean, you well, showed me the uh, place. Yeah? Yeah, don't show the stream, please. I, yeah, Give the, the address. Address <laughs> specifically, you know, mail, phone number. The, the place yeah, looks nice, but uh, I was actually really surprised because, the, the, Kyle, you live in L.A. now, and uh, I did not expect the prices to be so Oh ter yeah. terrifying. Outrageous. <laughs> like, yes. Uh-huh. The like, uh, the place the place I'm staying now. Um, oh my god, my camera. This is gonna yeah. Be your camera theme. looks exactly as rough as you. Right whatever, now. whatever. This is I look better this way. So the guy. <laughs> no, 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 try, to, try to fix it, dude. Try to fix it. This is a serious podcast, you know, with serious oh people. My god. Okay, well he's fixing it. I'm gonna tell you a story. So I used to work in movies, okay, and my English, as you can see, is a little bit broken. Mm. So when I say out of focus. And autofocus sounds very similar. And I was in the middle of a take and I was like, guys, just do that autofocus, autofocus. So the whole take on the movie was soft, out of focus, because they were like, I don't know why he wants this take out of focus. So the whole three minutes, the actors were performing and we couldn't see anything after that. Yeah. Wait, and I what, only find what, out. What were you trying of, to say? What were you trying to say initially? Out I was of trying focus to say the autofocus of of style is when you're like, zooming in and out and the camera mm -hmm. is like finding you because it was supposed to be like imagine like a camera pov so the camera does and finds you that's yep. the effect that i was trying to recreate and okay. they went out of focus yeah. funny right, enough, i'm gonna have to not funny maybe sorry no, it's, no, that's well, actually that's a good story but that's that's not your fault yeah. that's their fault i mean they should assume <laughs> Absolutely. <laughs> why? Like why would they want? Why would you want your movie that to be exactly. out of focus? There's, there's no possible yeah. justification for that. So, not your fault. So, my friend. couple, couple points off that. One, you actually did make movies. I never looked at your IMBD, but the guy I'm renting IMDb. this house from was mm -hmm. in movies too. He was in Grandma's <laughs> Boy and a couple others. And I was like, oh, let me go look up JMR. I was like, damn, he actually made movies. Wait, wait, pause. Yep. Pause. You. You have an IMDb page? Is, that, is that what I heard? Wait, like, yeah. I had no idea. That's actually very cool. I mean, I, I figured yeah. from the story you told, but I thought maybe so it was I started. I'll, I'll tell you the story. No, no. So I'll state the story. I, I, I always wanted to make films for a living. Uh, when I was a kid. Okay, let's start the story from the beginning and I'll go fast. When I was a kid, I was not a very happy kid. So mm. I pretty much found refuge in, in films and books, a lot of books, sci-fi books and fantasy books. So since I was a kid, I was like, one day I will tell stories so other kids can find the happiness that I found, you know? Like leave adventures and visit places I never, never see, meet people that they will never see. And I thought like, well, whatever the cost is, I will do that. 
So I went in a straight trajectory. That's all I did on my life, studied for films. I went to film school in London, then Copenhagen, then I moved to Los Angeles 13 years ago to do my master's. And immediately out of my master's, my career took off. Hmm. And I was working as a director of photography. I did like five films. I did commercials around the world for Subaru, and I did a lot of cool stuff. And then that was not making me very happy. So I said, okay, I need to make my own films. So I opened a production company, I fundraised, and I produced eight feature films. I done three for Netflix, I done studio movies for MGM, I wrote four films uh, for HBO, wow. for Netflix, for uh, MGM, and I never was happy doing it. I was very, very unhappy doing it. And the story gets darker because okay. I felt so alone. And then Tony Scott, yeah. one of my favorite directors, killed himself, jumped out of a bridge. And I was finishing my movie and I was like, what am I doing here? I don't want to be here. Like, people want to be me. They want my career. They want my life. And I am extremely unhappy. So I said, fuck it. And I messaged PPD on Twitter. And I said, I want to do a show with you guys. And that was Life of a Genius. And I've been on this side ever since. And did you always play Dota while you were I did well, play Dota. I look, yeah, I have like 8,000 hours, but I'm still like 3,000 MMR. I just never got good at this. You don't have to be. Yeah. Yeah. Essentially, like games are about having fun. I feel like in Dota, a lot yeah, of people I still don't have that, that either. <laughs> <laughs> fun and Dota, no, no. I play mini games when I want to have fun, you know? Mm. But Dota is a random. But anyway, that's my story. Yes, I make movies. Kyle, you're a creeper for stalking me. How do you get there? Like to my IMDb? You just put literally JMR Luna IMDb. It's not I hard. understand that that's my name. I didn't put it, but somebody else. But what were you looking for? No, I was, looking, I was Googling my landlord. I was like, okay. wanting to see. Um, and just, yeah, I was just like, hey, I'll look up J2 because you gave me your real name because I listed you as a reference. So I put in your real name okay. and I searched it on IMDb. I searched myself too, but I couldn't. I was nothing there. Uh, Effie, uh, Mira, it's awesome uh, finally meeting you. I, we, you and I have actually never met before. No. So this is one of those weird conversations that you have no idea who I am. But I spent hours and hours seeing both of you online and, you know, big fun. So I'm super thrilled and nervous that you're here. I'll Me? I'll try to keep it cool. Oh, yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, my God. It's, it's, <laughs> it's so weird for me uh, to think that people watch me and are, are excited to talk to me. I think you're going to have to reframe that word. Like but, people watch you a lot. Yeah, your work. They watch your work. Yeah. yeah. But, but you know what I mean? Like, I, cause in, in, in my head, I just, I just yeah. play Dota. Mm -hmm. And I, I, can, I, can I just, that. do you know what I mean? I just talk about Dota and I play Dota. And then I, I don't, I think I still haven't realized yeah. the, the scope of the audience that competitive Dota has. So yeah. um, at the end of the day, I just feel like, kind of like an idiot sitting in her room playing games, but just to know that people can enjoy the work that I do on broadcast is really cool, actually. I was like, huh, It's me. amazing. <laughs> First, okay, here's the thing about paneling, okay? It's mm -hmm. the secret. No one cares about the panel, all right? No one, no one cares if you're right about a prediction or, oh, wow, what a cool board, okay? You're just filling. We're, you're just paid to keep people from changing the channel. The goal is not to be smart about Dota. Like, look at Charles. Look at the best show of all time is inside the NBA. Best sports <laughs> show. And those guys spend 80% of the time talking and joking about each other and making digs. That's good. Yeah. Dota. So, we've all played so, enough Dota. I don't, who so I'm going to try to give I, a compliment. I mean, 
to oh go ahead sorry sorry all right no just to add on to kyle's point that's true kyle but the the audience isn't just like singular right there's all different types of people who are watching for certain things so what i learned is some people are watching for you know heavy analysis while others are watching to have like jenkins make fun of somebody right and some people are watching just because they are a fan of a streamer who also happens to be a talent etc etc so it's hard to nail kind of what everybody wants so that's why there are just so many different kinds of people i would say and you've kind of just got somebody for everybody yeah Okay, so now this, I'm gonna go back to say, as a compliment, uh, it's amazing. Uh, you are amazing when you're on the panel. And I think that my favorite part of you is when you were in Dubai and you were very relaxed and you were laughing. And the knowledge and how relaxed you were, it was, it was amazing. I remember texting Kyle, because obviously I don't know you, and say, hey, this is amazing, this version. How do we get more of this version? Mm. Mm. I, so, I, I really great. appreciate that. Thank you. To, to chime think... in on that, you can go first. No, you go ahead, Kyle. I was sure. going to fluff Effie because I agree. I think Effie's fantastic. Oh, Unique okay. kind of energy. Because what P I, I, I'm mm -hmm. telling you, I think I told her for like two years, go do talent. Because this is the crazy thing. She's packaged differently, but she's more alike like Jenkins than, than anyone. You know, like she's one of us. I'm not sure that's a compliment. She's one of us. I, I see the Mira compliment told in me, there. Mira told me that she once went three days without a shower, just playing Dota and watching anime. And she's and look at that. You know, she's not denying it. She owns yeah, that's that. That's called Mondays, right? Mondays. I mean, like I, I'm not. I'm not gonna. Of... I'm not gonna pretend that I'm not a degenerate. I did have my degenerate days. I feel like I'm more of a well-rounded adult now. But I mean, back mm. in the back in the day, I had... how does that feel? <laughs> <laughs> That's that's a rough one. I I don't know. I feel like internally I'm still kind of a kid, even though I mean I'm turning 27 in like three days, so I'm definitely not a kid. But it, it's hard for me to kind of come to terms with you know taxes and responsibilities and a career and thinking about my future. All of these things that I mean a few years ago they seemed so far away because essentially all I did was play Dota all day. So that's that's pretty weird. But I mean, where where were you guys a month ago when I needed an ego boost? Like you guys are great. Thank you. I think it's I amazing that you that. guys you're talking about being an adult while you have like anime things around your pillow. It is just hitting the right spot. It is amazing. Yeah, that's Pudge, by the way. I, I got that. I got that <laughs> oh, from my I didn't get this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Wait, I mean, I feel like I probably shouldn't stand up, but there. That's Pudge, and that's oh. Earth Spirit. Nice. Yeah. I think I got the Pudge um, plushie from from WePlay when I went to the major, and I think each of mm -hmm. us got one. But they were mm -hmm. they were pretty big, so nobody wanted to carry it back with them. So basically, I I thought to myself, I don't think I'll ever get the chance, or not the chance, but I think if I don't take this Pudge body pillow with me back now, I will never have. Pudge body pillow because I'm not going to actively seek one out. So, yeah. So I was like, I have to sounds like a very dramatic experience. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. I will never have one. <laughs> I will never seek one out either. So, if I don't like work now and take this Pudge pillow back with me, I'll never have one. So, I, I kind of just like carried it with me through the airport as my carry on. I was just like holding it in the airplane and walking around. And I had, I had a connection flight too. So, it was just with me on a three hour layover. And everybody was staring at me really strangely. But I was just like walking through the airport with my pledge. I think you, you need a disclaimer. Says, Sorry, I, pl I play yeah. Dota, you know, hard to Respect. explain. 
yeah yeah um actually the funny thing was though on on the airplane back from the major someone did see my pudge pillow one of the stewards is that the correct word is that a yeah steward and stewardess i believe air air okay yeah that one of the stewards said is that pudge and i said yes it is and he was like wow i haven't played dota in five years but i used to play that guy a lot and i was oh, like i made thank i made the right decision <laughs> What? The person that played Dota and stopped playing Dota and hasn't played in five years. I wonder how that feels. I, I, yeah, would, no I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. This game's got its little claws in me. But I actually related to you a lot, uh, Jamar, when you were talking about how when you were a kid and you grew up and your escape from things, just like reading books and diving into fantasy worlds and things like that. I had a very similar experience with mm -hmm. books, but also games. So because I grew up in Jordan and it, it was like less than ideal environment, I would say, um, especially because I had spent a couple of years in America and I had become slightly westernized and then to be put back in the Arab world where everything is different and I suddenly feel like nothing about it is what I learned in the past couple of years was kind of difficult for me. So I ended up just playing games all day and reading Harry Potter and just you know, watching anime yeah. and doing all of these things. But essentially, when I found Dota, that became my distraction from reality. And okay. since, since the day that I found it up until now, and it's probably been around 12 years, I have not, it has not stopped being my distraction. So Dota, okay. I will say, owns. what is your timeline? How old were you when you moved to America? I moved to America when I was... I don't, I don't know exactly, but I went for kindergarten. I don't okay. remember the ages, but I came back to Jordan around third grade. So I was there for two, three years. And okay. it was, um, it was at a point in my life where that, that's why my English is actually so good. Just cause I was so young when I went there and it was a really vital stage and the whole language learning. But when I came back, it, it just felt really different. I, I don't think I was old enough to have my life significantly influenced, but I was still old enough to realize that I'm in an environment that I like less. So I just kind of ended up just doing other things that don't involve like people around me or real things, right? And I mean, gaming is, is still a huge part of my life and it still does the same thing, I think. So I, I relate to that a lot. When yeah. I was a kid, my, my parents divorced and I know that now divorces are very common. But when my parents divorced, I was the only kid in my whole neighborhood on my whole school whose parents were divorced. I was like the black sheep, like the shame of a neighborhood. You know, in Spain, we're still very Catholic mm -hmm. and Christian. And I was very weird. I know you can't tell from this, but I was very weird <laughs> growing up. And yeah, I never felt that I fitted in. I guess most You're of our- You're still weird, Jay, but we love yeah. you. I'm weirdly, uh, but now I'm in LA, so it's like, everybody's weird here, no one cares. People are definitely weird. Yeah. But yeah, so that was my thing. And for me, the books, I was obsessed with a few series and sagas that are now super famous. I, I read The Witcher very, very early. Uh, Andres Sapkowski, the book, mm. was translated into Spanish. And I was obsessed with The Witcher. I read like Game of Thrones very, very early as well. Oh. And I met George Martin at a, a sci-fi convention, I think when I was 17. And we actually pen pal for years where he was writing it, and he will write me back, actually, emails and, and things like that. That's and the last email that I had from him was, hey, my book is getting optioned by HBO. I think this time it's going to happen. I have that email. No way. From, from him. Yeah, can yeah. You, no could way. you ask him, 
Could you ask him That's so to cool. like get to work on book six? I haven't spoken it's since been, that day. It's been 10 fucking years. Like, I know. I know. Okay. Uh, and then I also got obsessed with, uh, obviously, Harry Potter. Obsessed. Harry Potter, I read them in Spanish. I read them in English. And it's like, obviously, like, I'm a, as an 11-year-old that is not very happy with his life. And suddenly somebody comes and tells you, hey, by the way, you know why your life sucks? Because you don't belong here. Because you're a wizard, Harry. Okay, yeah. perfect. Now take me to this magical world where I can be. Yes, please. That, you know? Because I didn't want to be in Spain. I was I agree. done with that. I agree enti entirely. And actually, the saddest thing about reading Harry Potter growing up was not getting your acceptance letter into Hogwarts <laughs> when you turn 11. It's so sad. I remember waiting because I, I think I started reading Harry Potter around the time I was like eight years old. That's when I first started. Okay. And I, I remember counting down the years because I thought it was reality almost like I, I understood that i was reading a book and it was most likely not true but it still felt so true to me like all the characters and the scenarios that were described so when i turned 11 i was like it's my time <laughs> now and then it just never came and i waited and i waited and i waited and mm -hmm. I, I never got my acceptance letter into hogwarts so i actually remember um me and my siblings I, I have uh, two siblings who are around my age and one who's a lot younger than me, but the, the two who are around my age, we tried to make our own version of Hogwarts, but at home. So we were, we were trying to replicate like potions class. So I, I remember we, we pulled out a bunch of like pots and pans from, <laughs> from the pantry and then we just pulled out like ketchup bottles and tea bags and like weird spices. And then we, we started to like oh. pretend that they were, you know, things from Harry Potter. And then my mom came home and she was like, what is this? Because she came back and everything was a mess. And we just had like these heinous mixes of like mustard with like black pepper and like water and like... <laughs> She was just, what happened to you guys? What are you doing? And we were just so convinced that she just didn't understand. And I, I think... Muggles. <laughs> Muggles, right? <Yeah. laughs> That's one of my core memories, for sure. Harry Potter is, is really great. We, uh, I don't know if it was for that purpose, but when I was growing up, I used to live with my grandma and grandpa. And uh, me and my brothers would take out their pots and pans and play the drums and stuff. And I don't know, they loved it, but... I think we caused some hearing damage and it's also really interesting that i think a lot of people in this space have similar stories like mm -hmm. i i was i also got into harry potter when i was young it's still one of like uh it's like what i would call like the quintessential like bathroom book because like you just pick up any of the seven and just like hop into it and like you're in the world if that makes sense i realized mm -hmm. recently i'm something called aphantastagic or something which just means i have like extremely vivid mental imagery and I, I Carl is just trying to look fancy, eh? He's always trying to look <laughs> oh, fancy, tell, everybody. There's a, there's <laughs> tell a me test. the word again. So I can spell it. I'm going to spell it. I don't actually know how to spell it. It's like aphantasia. Aphantasia. Okay? <laughs> so I've always really liked world building books like Dune, okay. uh, A Song of Ice and Fire, Wheel of Time. Like I love reading them from anywhere because I just hop into the world and I can, I can <laughs> see it. So it's like a movie in my head, basically. But anyway, <laughs> it doesn't matter. Point is, it was an escape. And then from there was was gaming. So my parents got divorced when I was 11, and we were also homeschooled. So I ended up going to eighth grade. It was kind of a bad area, and I wore bright orange short shorts the first day of school. And I wasn't just uncool. That would have been fine. I would have just been nobody. But I was really good at sports, so all my friends were cool. It was kind of a bad school. So you've got me. I'm, I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure I hadn't masturbated yet, and I walk into <laughs> public school in eighth grade, and people are like having sex and they're uh, they're smoking weed 
and and I'm just like this dork, but everyone I know is like part of that gang. So anyway, really awful high school. I got accepted oh, to college. Really? A, a horrible high school experience. Yeah, I've never yeah. experienced this. I'm sure any of our viewers or Dota players have experienced yeah. that. Yeah, <laughs> I think it's pretty common. Like that's why you get yeah. into games. So yeah. uh, so I got accepted into college and then was like, nah, fuck it. I want to like try to do this Han thing. So I did that. I quit for a bit. And ended up doing like door-to-door -door sales and then working in a restaurant for a cokehead, living in what eventually became a trap house. Basically, our family house got put into foreclosure, but we were still living in it, me and like four of my friends. But then two of the responsible roommates moved out, and then two guys who sold drugs moved in. So suddenly there was just like random people in the house all the time. Anyway, my dad came to visit, saw like the kind of squalor I was living in, and calls me, hey, Kyle, I see you like trying to play Pro Han. Like, you want to move in? He drove to Jersey, picked me up and flew back, and we went back. And a week later, the house got raided by the cops and uh, everybody got arrested. So uh, it's pretty good. You know, Dota's been, Han and Dota have been pretty good to me. And uh, I'm glad to be here and all my best friends are here. So that's fucking the insane. End. Yeah. Have you ever told that story before? I think so. You gave it, you gave it a very, summer, very fast summary. Otherwise, it's a good story. There's a lot more details. Like, uh -huh. I, like he didn't, nobody knew, but it just, you know, things only make sense in retrospect, but like there's definitely a narrative to my life where if things had been different by like a week or a few days, maybe things changed completely. Cause I was also like almost out of money. Like I, I, I had saved, I think I had like 1300 bucks and I lived off that for like three and a half months. And I would just eat one sandwich a day from this place called Munchies. And the guy liked me. So for five bucks, I'd get like a loaded sub and that was what would sustain me. Hmm. And here you are in LA now. About yeah. to in the life. About to rent a very expensive LA. It's place. ridiculous. It is Carlos absolutely more ridiculous. Expensive. It's my more expensive date. Every single time I go with Carlos, when I spend more money on restaurants, then the food is really good. Yeah, that's why. But, honestly, that's <laughs> why. Just think of it like it's an investment into dating. Because if I if first dating in LA, don't know where you're going with this, but you have my attention. How is buying you food investment into dating? No, no, no. If you have a no, nice no, no. place, okay, uh -huh. instead of going to dinner, you just say, hey, come over. I'll cook you dinner, right? That doesn't work. Who, who do you invite that you meet on my the first, streets or, and you invite them to your house to cook dinner? What, first, what a fast my girl. First girlfriend, my first girlfriend came <laughs> over the first night. Well, I also made it oh, for right. a couple other people. Like, we weren't alone. I think it also helps like if people – like, I'm, I'm, like, I'm like a person. All right. You're like a person. Halt. I'm That's on the good. internet. I can't – like I'm, I'm here. I'm who I am. Halt. What can I do? Kyle. Halt. There, hmm. there, it is very bad dating practice and quite, quite frankly, very creepy for you to invite yes. a girl out on the first date to your house. You guys yes. should meet in public for her own well-being and her own like sense of safety. Because if, if I, for example, I agree. let's say I hit up a new city and then I got on a dating app and some, some guy I match with just goes, hey, come over to my house and I'll cook you dinner. I would unmatch <laughs> so fast because the, the, right the right thing to say is like, hey, do you want to go okay. get coffee or something? And then we yes, see each other in daytime, in public. Let me rephrase. Where like, I make sure he's not some ax murderer, okay. Kyle. <laughs> I, don't, I don't lead with that. Obviously, uh, even okay. for my safety, I meet people in public first, okay? A couple of times it's been in my okay. house. That was after like extended communication. Right. Most of the time you meet at like a bar or coffee. I'm just trying to explain that the dating mm -hmm. economics in LA are crazy. Like they are crazy. if you want to have yourself like a, a nice dinner, you know, God split a bottle of wine or something, you got to be prepared to pay like 200, $250, which is that's nuts. insane. And like, that's a big investment into some stranger. Right. 
See, when I when I hear things <laughs> oh. like this, I, I just think to myself, what is the appeal of living in LA then? Because I'm sure you could also have a nice quality of life somewhere cheaper. Yes. Okay. But I, 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 I want to raise my hand here. As, as the local for 13 years, well, go ahead, Kyle, and then I'll, I will take this one. I'll just say, well, you're going to praise LA. I'll just say that I totally agree with, with Mira, Effie, but I think people are idiots. I literally made fun of my friends here for paying rent because I was just in Kiev. I was traveling through Asia. I was living a great life, and it was just like, this is just so much cheaper. Like, you guys are dumb. Um, and then I moved here, and I'm like, wow, I'm, everything I said was dumb. But perks are it is really cool to be in a place where people naturally come by like i've had three different occasions where good friends of mine from like you know from germany from the east coast whatever were just in la for work or conferences so it's just a place people end up going and i i'm personally here for work and i think there's a lot more opportunities especially within our industry like i was driving yesterday and i was like wait mibr has a complex here and then like oh that's a that's riot games like there there's everyone here so if you want to work within esports, it's just way easier to like kind of find and, and develop opportunities. Um, plus, mm -hmm. I just like esport people better, and I think I vibe best with people who kind of grasp this. It's a huge hobby, and you just don't find that many other places in the world. If I went to live in like Kansas, there's nobody I could hang out with in real life that would actually understand my background. Like think about how we all read Harry Potter and were miserable as teenagers, right? Where do we all end up? Boom. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. I mean, I, I was, no, I was going to answer uh, to add it to you. Yes, uh, Mira here. There's a lot of people that work in esports. For example, <laughs> yesterday night, I was meeting a friend from Face, and somehow we end up in a party from Gen G with Rich. Rich was there. Uh, Kyle, <laughs> I I didn't even know that he was there. So the next thing I know, I'm with all people in esports, and we are all in a similar age. I'm 36, and that is feels normal. Uh, second thing that I will say is I'm 36. I'm not married. I don't have kids. If I go back to Spain, I feel like a weirdo because all my friends are married, have kids. Gotcha. And at 36, none of my friends are married or have kids here in LA. <laughs> so if you want to be single at 36, yeah. I was you know here in Europe. It was horrible. It's because they so can't afford here. them. No, I mean, I, I understand yeah. that completely because I was having yeah. a conversation with my mother yesterday and she's just all, when are you getting married? And you do realize that you're becoming less attractive with the years and you're not oh, going to be fertile oh, soon. And I'm oh, like, mom, I'm... Oh, no. <laughs> yeah. the, the monkey like, sounds too. This, oh, this, oh. this, is, this is, okay, this may sound strange oh. to the Western the Western viewer, but the Eastern person will, will understand that this is very normal for mothers to, to speak this mm. way. You know, that she doesn't mean it maliciously. It's just how she was raised in her generation. Like... Maybe. When when she was younger and in marriageable age, like if you don't get married by the time you're 30, there's something wrong with you, right? That that's how they see it. But okay. I, I was trying to explain so to say, her. I was, I was trying to explain to her. I was like, mm -hmm. "Mom, you know things have changed since <clears throat> since your time. Uh, people, um, even in Jordan, which is a more traditional country, even in Jordan, the average age of marriage has been going up over the years, and and not down because mm -hmm. this whole like, I guess." I, what I call it globalization, I don't know, but the, the spread of kind of Western ideals is kind of uh, trickling down into every society, really. And it's just a matter of time before everybody embraces a lot of the same. Kyle, you're still smiling. Like, well, I'm just so thinking. Kyle, the thing is, like, for the last 20 seconds, he has not listened to you. Because no, all he I've was thinking listening. is about what he was I've going been to listening say. So and go I'm ahead, ready Kyle. to respond. I was going to say ahead, that this is really interesting <laughs> insight 
from uh-huh. like the uh-huh. from your perspective. And now I'm thinking, you know, what I I this is why so when I invite a girl over to dinner, like the first date, <laughs> and she's like, Oh, that's moving a little fast, I'll say, Yeah, but I mean, you know, you're like twenty six, like your fertile years are <laughs> they're they're ending. Like we 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 gotta get started. Like a context. Busy life. <laughs> this this conversation happened because my birthday is in a few days and then my mom was like twenty seven, huh? When, when are you thinking oh about God. it? And I'm like, mom, probably not for a really long time. But honestly, my, my mom is a very open-minded person. Uh, like regardless, she of sounds the, it. She no, sounds re, like re, it, yeah. no, regardless of the traditions <laughs> okay. that, that molded mm-hmm. her, she is very open-minded because like she she talks to me from a mother's advice POV. Like she doesn't mean badly, but she would never force me into any situations, right? And there are a lot of um, Jordanian women my age who kind of have their hands forced by their families, and they get put in situations that maybe they don't want. And my parents have like never forced me okay. to do something, right? They they just talk to me about what makes them comfortable. But at the end of the day, they don't have that much say over my life. So, you know, I love my mom. It was mean what she said, but don't be shocked. It's very normal over here. <laughs> okay. Well, I will yeah. say that obviously I grew up in a country where people do think like that. Things are changing right now. But they're not changing until 36. 36 is to be like a whole different horizon where you, if you get there, you're a broken toy. And mm-hmm. in LA, it's not like that. So I would say, one, there's a lot of esports people. Two, people are very open-minded. I have a lot of LGBTQ friends here. There's a lot of different races that I get to hang out with. Where in Spain, everybody was, I went to a school, everybody was white and Spanish. I didn't talk to an Asian person until I was 18. And I went mm-hmm. to London. So it was super white neighborhood. And Kyle is already thinking about the next thing you're going to see. Please, audience, just watch him, how he ignores everything that I'm about to say for the next 30 seconds. And then, so, you know, like, it was, it was great for me. I, I was able to hang out with different <laughs> ethnicities, different people, different food. Food in LA, it's amazing. The weather in LA, it's amazing. Yep. And if you're yes. looking for pretty people, LA, it's amazing. Everyone is pretty. Everyone is pretty. Now, Kyle, please enlighten me with something no, that I said 30 seconds ago. It's, what, it. it's what you said. So... <laughs> I forgot to mention, like, the food, you can get just fantastic, like, it's too damn expensive. So if you make bad food, you just don't stay in business. All kinds, like, um, incredible place to eat all over. It is legitimately yeah. perfect weather every day. But to touch on what you're saying, it's just, it's like the creative enclave. And, like, a lot of people are pretentious as, like, just, a lot of people suck and think they're really special. But there's a lot of just really cool people, like, making stuff, building stuff that you can surround yourself with. And it is also nice to be like inside of a melting pot, so to speak. Like you mm. can, you can kind of find anything. They'll this, you know, anywhere uh, there's from, from yuppies and hippies to suits, people from other countries, people from all around the U S it's just kind of like where people yeah. end up. Um, it's just goddamn expensive. Yeah. So I will say to give you a frame of reference of a scope, I am the weird guy in Spain and I'm pretty normal in LA. I'd say you're beyond normal in LA. Like, yeah. I mean, all, all, all that mm-hmm. stuff on paper sounds really appealing. So I, I do understand the appeal. I, I think for, for me, I just have like a strange mentality regarding money where I feel like I could just lose everything at every moment. So mm. I, I would never want yeah. to live yeah. somewhere like super expensive. But for, uh, for, for those who do, I do understand the charm. For sure. yeah. I want to say also something. I think LA has a lot of different lives that you can live in LA. So there was, when I was living in Cape Town, I had a specific life, more urban, more about going like to restaurants in Cape Town. When I lived in the hills, 
I had a completely different experience when I lived in down in sorry in, in next to the water. I had a completely different experience, and I think that when Kyle came into LA this time in December, I said, "Look, I'm going to show you my life in LA because my life in LA is very different than the one that he experienced with BTS, Charlie, Gods, and these guys." And it's always next to the water, always eating fish next to the water instead of the Korean barbecue. We eat fish all the time. And I love that life. So, oh. yes, I don't want to live in LA. I want to live by the water in LA, that's where true. I can work with flip flops and go to the sun and be in the beach. And it's that's when cooler. it gets very expensive. But it's, that's mm. very, very expensive. Very expensive, you know? Yeah. Have so, you two gone to the beach together? Of yeah. course. Yeah, we hold hands sometimes. <laughs> no, I went. I went with a friend, uh, a different, I do, there's like four Charlies, but I went with a friend of mine, um, the Scottish Charlie to just like sit at the beach at sunset and like drink sake and shoot the shit. And just, it was just great. Like we just, you just park and like, yeah, you, you, there you are. You're looking at the, uh, at the ocean. Mm -hmm. I have a big, I've always loved it because it feels, it always like, oh, just peaceful in a, in a perfect world. You know, I'm going to need to make fortunes unfortunately i didn't win a ti but i'd really love to be able to see the ocean from wherever it is that i live not quite there one yet day. but one day yeah and every single time Michael and i meet i keep i keep warning him that he needs to wear comfortable shoes because i am very prompt to hikes three hour hikes so yeah. the other day we went out for dinner with our friend ryan uh at night in venice and i was like oh let's go for a walk three hours later kyle's mm -hmm. shoes were destroyed Another his feet bugger. were destroyed but we walk on the beach at night and we saw fluorescent plankton. So the Ooh. waves were turning blue as they were crashing yeah. and they were lighting up. So That's... it's amazing. Uh, he's leaving out critical information, which is that he invited me to dinner. <laughs> and before dinner, we go on this fucking walk on the sand for like two, three hours. And I was starving because I skipped lunch. But that's on you, you know, we've done it already at least five, six times. Every <laughs> I thought time there was go more out, to the story. <laughs> Yeah. So every the first time that we told him, hey, let's go and have dinner in Marina del Rey, we end up talk walking for three hours as well. So I don't know. I like walking. But anyway, LA is great. If you come over, we will take you to eat fish by the sea. Just wear yeah. comfortable shoes if you ever get trapped with us. Okay. Comfortable shoes. That can be arranged. But no, uh, you guys just described something really charming, I guess. that That's the dream for a lot of people, right? That's why everyone wants to move to LA and just mm. be part of that insanity. So, yeah. yeah, I mean, for, for visiting, I would love to. For a living, I, I feel like I'm kind of a little bit too pragmatic in that sense. I, I think it's mm. the way that I was raised, like every dollar counts and all of that. Mm. No, it makes I, sense. Actually, um, ever since I started working as a Dota talent, it's, I still haven't really adjusted my mind to uh, like having like a, a decent amount of money right off of my job so for me if i if i buy like a thousand dollar laptop which i did a thousand dollar right not something insane for me that was like a huge splurge i was like what what did i just do i can't believe i just did that and i texted i texted my parents i was like oh my god i just did the dumbest thing i bought a laptop <laughs> I, was, I, was, I, was, I was telling people and they were telling me you really need to break out of that mentality because yeah. it's so it's hard I, once I, go, I want to say something i will say have you realized as an adult you punish yourself for what your your parents used to punish you as a kid because it happens to me the same thing when i was a kid i didn't have any money so my parents always will like hardwire me into not spending money not spending money so now even though i have the money when i go with kyle and I spend 150 dollars on a dinner i feel like garbage i was like mm. 
I am not this kind of person. I should not be doing this. Uh, yeah. You get used to it. Okay. Cause Sorry, I, yeah. Kyle. No, it's um, it's a thing. Like, because um, we grew up, you know, divorced family, five kids. We weren't like real. Uh, we we could have done. And my grandma lived with us. We had two guys, uh, a guy and his wife, or uh, his mother rather, in the basement. So we had like eleven people at a, a point in the house plus a dog. So it's not like we were like well off in a four bedroom townhouse, but. Also, losing the house in 08 sucks, but it doesn't matter. The point is, if you grow up like poor, you, it's really hard to break habits. Um, like I, I don't buy things for myself. Um, I, I, I have like seven T-shirts, and I'm trying to get better about it. And <laughs> it kind of circles back to why am I in LA? Because I think it's really important to be intentional about key elements of your life, notably like where you are, what you're doing, and like who you're with. Yeah, so. Yeah. I stole that from a guy named Naval, but I thought like, I really like, um, events and I feel like even though I'm incredibly stressed, I'm happiest when I'm, when I'm making something right. Like the Annie major, like Omega league is probably the thing I'll be most proud of. Cause that was like just a crazy ass idea. You bring out a bunch of friends. Like we had a lot of creative controls, like the talent group and we had an awesome show and I want, I love that. And I want to do that more often. And in order to do, to make things like that, I think you kind of have to be in a place like LA where these things are done. Um, and then like, I don't know, I really wanted to live with my best friend. So I called him and was like, Hey, you trying to come to LA? And he was like, yeah, fuck it. Let's go. So now me and like, he's not talking about me, by the way. No, I'm definitely not talking about you. <laughs> I tried to get other friends to live with me. Nobody was down. Everyone's like trying to get an apartment <laughs> or something. I wanted to have, a I don't want to live with you. You're bringing random girls that you've never met before to the house <laughs> to cook for them. Uh, that's not going to fly for me. You know, we're all going to get canceled. All right. All right. I don't want to get too de into detail, but I think I am a don't significantly better don't do it. judge. Don't do it. Don't do it. Of don't who do it. should ah. be coming to my house than ah. some of my other friends. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Some other friends. Most people, you know, oh, are despicable. Okay. To, to lighten, to lighten the atmosphere, Kyle, what's your go-to uh, dinner that you cook for your dates? Um, hmm. Really, it's like one of two. There's something oh, all I really I like. jokes. All I have is inappropriate jokes right now. Oh, the go to Let me guess. Is, is easy. Can I guess? Yes, go for it. Steak or pasta? It is it is steak and asparagus with uh some some like um uh, like garlic Ooh. and rosemary red potatoes. Mm -hmm. And the secret, the secret is uh my stepmom's salad, which we have nicknamed internally in the household girlfriend salad. Because the idea is you make this salad for somebody and they're going to be your girlfriend. It's like a, it, it's it's love potion, like Harry Potter style. It's really that good. should tell you all you need to know what's, about American cuisine. Next, you know, yeah. American <laughs> cuisine is so bad that the girlfriend salad is the only thing you have yeah. to do. So the plan is you get a random girl, bring her home, make her salad. Boom. That's it. That's, Don't deal. I mean, sounds Fucking like Kyle. sounds like the LA. other meal. The other meal is is breakfast. <laughs> Uh, <laughs> that's, that's like just uh you know a spanish omelet and you make some like toast spanish omelet that's pretty advanced well, spanish omelet is just an omelet that a spanish person makes <laughs> that's it it's just every, for him it would be a floridian uh, yeah. every 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 guy that well this, this isn't true of all men, but most men that I talk to or all the ones that I've met who say that they can cook and talk about how good they are at cooking, turns dude, out they only make two things, which are steak dude, and pasta, inevitably. So it's so, this is what is so annoying about Chef Josh, 
because he he is actually incredibly he's a he's tall attractive incredible we're not bringing joe's we're not bringing joe's i'm banning joe's johnny's not moving to la i'm not going to go he's already here no joe's is a good looking tall has perfect skin (laughs) and he's a great cook i'm not going out with him no this is not gonna happen so he's not gonna stand next to me when i go when i walk on the street yeah Uh, no josh I think is Josh actually is his Josh is yeah. yeah I've met Josh before but I think he's actually yeah. one of one of the nicest people that I've met in East Coast yeah. because I, I when I first met Kyle actually it was during the Boston major and I, I was just attending as a spectator and I kind of just went by myself because the person who was going to yeah. go with me didn't want to go anymore so I was like whatever you know and then um, I was friends with David Moo who at the time was Kyle's teammate and David was like, hey, you should hang out with us. So I met the whole Complexity crew, which was uh, Kyle and yeah. Josh and his family. And it, it was I'm actually... I'm so sorry. <laughs> it, was actually, it was actually one of my favorite uh, esports memories because yeah. uh-huh. Complexity had such a family atmosphere to them. And they yeah. literally was family. Like I was hanging out yeah. with Kyle and his parents and Josh, who's your cousin, right? Cousin, yeah. Cousin. It, yeah. So it, it, was... it made me feel very at home in a sense because in Jordan... Uh, it's it's very normal to go out with a friend and suddenly like there's five cousins and their like aunt shows up. Do you know what I mean? And they just like hang out in the yeah. living room and you're like, oh, you're just saying hi to all their family members. So for for me, it was just a very fond memory. And and, and Josh is very nice. This is where the tangent yeah. came from. That was that was a great. That was a really cool event. We um it was actually the first time. So both our parents and his parents are divorced. It was the first time in like ten years all four had been together. And obviously, like, I'm one of five. He's one of five. They're also cousins. So we had a point, and Moo's parents were there, too. So it was like Moo's mom and dad, my mom and dad, Josh's mom and dad. Then we had, I think, a couple of sisters, a couple of friends. We adopted Mira. We uh, And then we um, – well, there's a couple other people we adopted. It was, it was fun. It was a good time. That's also why I love lands. Lands are probably my happy place because mm-hmm. it's just – you go from – you know, life, life as an adult can be – pretty lonely at times and life at an event in a game you've played for like 10 years is never lonely and it's mm. it's always a blast i never sleep enough dubai when we did that last night i think i slept for like three hours because i would work the whole day but not want to give up social time so that's social time was like 11 p.m uh-huh. to 6 a.m uh-huh no 6 a.m is an understatement damn where he was he was like texting people at 8 a.m like breakfast question mark and then he'd be downstairs and he just hadn't slept yet. And there was like work in three hours. That, that was Kyle at Dubai. But I, 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 res- I respect it. It just feels like you don't always have these kinds of moments where you can see all of your esports friends in one place and you want to make the most of it. So I get it. I, I would say it. that that's one of the things that is not great of LA. It's very lonely. It's a lonely place. Because huh? everybody's so wrapped up in their own careers and their own things. And the hustle, you know, the hustle is really good. So every time you talk to someone, oh, I'm trying to do this or I'm trying to do that. And even though, like, for example, Kyle and I live like 10 minutes away from each other, we still only like this is two people that are trying to hang out with each other once a week. It's still a lot, you know. OK, but that leaves six days of complete loneliness, you know, at home. And you call your friends. Oh, I'm doing this. or I'm going here or I'm in this event or I'm in the major. And then that's why, you know, it's. It's a little bit rough. LA is a little bit lonely because everybody's too wrapped up. The same reason why they don't invest in personal relationships or family or having healthy relationships because everybody's just wrapped up in their own thing. Yeah. But I mean, part of part of that lifestyle, I think, is very 
um, disenchanting. Is that the correct word? I think so. But mm-hmm. it, it is really important to focus on, on yourself and when you're at the, the peak of your career to hustle, as you say. But I think the environment that Ellie encourages, which is every man for himself and the grind c- comes before all things, mm. puts you in a situation where maybe... 10 years go by just like that and you look back and you say wait where are my close friends where are my personal relationships like did, did I meet people that I can confidently say will still be there Agreed. 20 years from now so I think that mm-hmm. that's one of the things that's very scary not just about LA yep. but growing up in particular especially if you're a gamer um, you kind of realize that maybe you've spent a lot of your life not really focusing on your personal relationships and all of a sudden you're a grown-up. Like for me, I kind of realized recently that I don't have friends that I would consider like friends from childhood or people who really care about me and have been around for a long time. Not because they were never there, but because I never really put in the time to foster those relationships. And I'm at a point where I'm just really worried that if I continue at, at, at this kind of rate, then 10 more years will go by and Maybe my mom's right, right? Maybe I'm just going to be all by myself, no friends. Like my family's just scattered all over the world. So that's kind of a scary thought. And I feel like I just depressed the conversation. But it, it is something that happens very often. I think life goes by just too quickly sometimes. Yep. There's um, uh, That's the key thing to be very intense. You got to... Um, <clears throat> I read something once that you'd be lucky to make five good friends in your entire life. And I used to think that was like, there's no way, that's sad. But now I realize, no, that's that's pretty accurate. And there's a good line, money circulates, but time is spent. And I think mm-hmm. that the older you get, the more you become aware of how you just, you just, you don't have enough time. Yeah. Uh, you don't ever have enough time. So you've got to be more intentional about who you're spending time with. And they, I would just like kind of flit around and I'm still kind of trying to do the same. I think there, there's a, you know, life, life is your tea and your cookie. Life is just the now. Okay. It's, it's what you're doing, right? Like, how do you spend your time? Where are you? Who are you with? Like, what are you doing? Are you passionate about these things? Cause if not, it is actually like kind of up to you. And I reject And obviously there's a lot of different, um, people are born into very different circumstances. Not everybody has the same options, but ultimately life is up to you. You are dealt a hand and you try to make the best of it. And I think that as an individual, the sooner you take responsibility for your own life, the better. Like, okay. And, and there's a really, another gray line, um, Montague, constant cheerfulness is the surest source of wisdom, a surest sign of wisdom. <laughs> and I really like that. And I've really tried to find ways to make myself happy and content. Um, there's another great line by Naval, if you're so smart, why aren't you happy? And I fucking love that. And I say it to myself in the morning to remind myself not to be like, okay, just don't be dumb. Life is to be lived, you know, go to the gym, Kyle, drink vegetables and shit. Okay. My turn, my turn. I'm going to go completely the opposite direction. So I think right now, Mira, you are going through something called quarter life crisis. Okay. Mm -hmm. It happens to all of us when you're thinking, shit, I have to optimize my life. Look at the things that I don't have. Look at the things that I don't have. And why don't I have them? I think I'm past that. There's a lot of things that I don't have, but there's a lot of things that I do have. Okay? Mm -hmm. Because I do have an incredible career. I do have these and I do have those things. But I have those things because I put my time on those things. Mm -hmm. Yes, I might not have friends. 
I might not have all those things. But when I was making movies, I didn't want friends and I didn't want to spend that time. So now I cannot regret at 36 saying, oh shit, I wish I have done that because I'm only the person that I am right now because of the choices that I made in the past. So now what I do think is, hey, I want those things now. Therefore, I'm going to start investing more time on those things. I moved to LA. Now I hang out with this guy and <laughs> I have some of the most authentic laughs and fun that I had. And one of the things that I like about Kyle is there is nothing he wants from me and there is nothing that I want from them. There is no transaction relationship here, even though we're going to announce that he's coming to the podcast in Stockholm. But as a friend, more like anything, because I think that when I was in the movie industry, the worst part was that everybody wanted something from me or I wanted something from everybody. Mm. So you mentioned something that I wanted to reflect on it. So when I was not working and I just came to LA, I had a lot of friends and a lot of buddies and a lot of people that I hung out with, okay? Because misery needs company. And when we were all together, it was a very fun struggle. But the moment that I went to the next level, all those people now became people that wanted something from me or they felt that I didn't deserve that or that they just were like, okay, well, if he got it, then how do I climb from him? Unfortunately, I lost my whole group of friends. And then you make a new group of friends. And those people mm -hmm. are the people that are actually making movies. You immediately relate to them. You immediately make friends with them. The problem is that all of those people are just as focused on work as you are. So you only see them when you make movies, which is your LAN, okay? When you don't not in LAN, everybody up for themselves. So you go back to your home and you're lonely as fuck again. Mm -hmm. But now you don't have this bottom level of friends because they're not there anymore. And then you get to a point of, I think is the last point. The last point is when you feel comfortable with yourself, you are in a position of safety where now you feel like, okay, I can spend that money. I can have that because my career is already stable enough. Or if it's not stable enough, it's like, I'm going to be fine because I changed three times jobs last year. But every single time I changed job, I was going up and up and up, you know, like Kyle can do anything. He puts his mind to it. I tell him all the time. He cannot do everything at once, but he can put his mind on anything. He wanted to play as a captain. He plays a captain. He wanted to be a caster. He made it. He wanted to produce events. He made it. Now he's working on other things. When he announced them, it would be great. He's done it. So that is, I think, that the point where you get comfortable with yourself, where you don't feel guilty anymore. And now, I think, in my opinion, you have a chance to make other, hopefully, more lasting friendships. Mm -hmm. But now we're working on it, you know? Like, but again, I, I, this is my hope, but I have to believe this bullshit because otherwise I'm very lowly at 36. So I hope that my best days are ahead of me, you know? Mm -hmm. Sorry, this this entire time I've been trying to breathe, but not too loudly, because my allergies are kicking me in the ass. So I'm like, is it obvious that I can't breathe? I thought <laughs> I thought you were moved by my story, and I was it was just resonating with you in a deep <laughs> and emotional way. No, You're a producer, I, I, not an actor. I was I was listening very intently. Um, I think quarter life crisis is actually kind of on the nose. Uh, I I do, I am in a place in my life right now. Where it's like, okay, how do I optimize myself? Right. How do I become a better version of myself? Do I become healthier? Do I focus on my career? But also, outside of wanting to um, build the best possible life for myself, it's more so that I still don't understand. I don't know how philosophical I'm going to get, but I think I still don't understand who I am, like, deep down. Mm -hmm. So when I look around, and I, I talked about how it's hard for me to think about the future a little bit earlier. It is hard for me because I know that there's no future that I can envision for myself that I would still want a year from now because I think 
as a person, I've never really been in a place where I was just able to tell myself, okay, this is what I want and this is what I prioritize and this is what matters because my environment was so rapidly changing in the last 10 years of my life. I was jumping from thing to thing, um, external circumstances within my family, within my personal life. I was just going from strange place to strange place and I never really kind of understood like what Mira would build for herself because Mira is still kind of confused if that makes sense so right now it happens I, to everybody yeah i'm just it's totally fine looking at my my priorities i want to at least know what they are and where they lie in terms of how am i going to move forward in my life so uh something mm -hmm. kyle and i did actually a lot of talking um around ti just about how we both kind of felt like outsiders for a lot of our life and we were just always in search for our people our places where we feel comfortable and I think I'm just starting to realize that maybe just having a healthy uh, social environment or just relationships with people that don't involve transactional things as you mentioned is is something that I really need for the sake of my own mental health because even now uh, the place that I am which is within Dota I can't help but feel a lot of my interactions still do feel quite transactional I also feel like a lot of people who have talk to me recently don't necessarily really want to talk to me because they want to be friends but maybe they think I can do something for them or vice versa and it it's just always been a question of how can I authentically express myself if the people around me aren't really authentic in their intentions towards me right so now if I'm, I'm privileged enough and I'm happy enough maybe I can settle down somewhere where I can start like looking to foster the relationships like you said like now you're in LA and you're hanging out with Kyle and you, you can always create these things for yourself so that's optimistic and that's nice and I, I really want that for myself too but as far as all the other things that I want no fucking idea like genuinely don't know and I think that's my quarter life crisis so mm -hmm. Okay, so going back to what you were saying, Mira, I want to say something about it. But again, it's not that I have like answers. I am just as fucking lost as everybody else at 36. Mm -hmm. I thought at 27, I was like, oh, at 30, I'll figure this shit out, you know? Oh my God, my parents had me when I was like this, like for sure at 36, just as lost, okay? Mm -hmm. But I have a more, how do you say this word, Kyle? Hedonist? Hedonistic. Hedonistic. Okay. So meaning I want to enjoy life and I'm going to enjoy those pleasures of life without trying to optimize everything. And meaning, yes, I know it's better if I eat vegetables, but I get bored of them. <laughs> so I know I cannot eat pizza because I'm lactose intolerant. Okay. Well, I schedule my pizza and my bathroom, my bathroom break <laughs> right after, you know? So I, I'm in a point where, yes, there is a, a self-improvement that I want to do where I want to be a good person. I was going to say it first. That was my first point. My second point is what I, what it gave sense to my life was finding a cause that I was willing to wake up every day for. For me, Johan and Seb were that. And OG was that. Because when I was making movies, th that was the cause. Every day I will wake up and that was my cause. But then the cause will end and I will feel lonely and lost. Where it's like, okay, what is my next movie? Because the movie is the one that gives me purpose, gives me identity. I am not Juan. I'm the director of a film and the producer of a film. And when I met Johan and Seb, I think that that gave me like a long-term plan that I was looking for instead of just one year or two year movies where it's like, hey, guys, I want to do this for many years. 
And then Johan and Seb embraced me as one of their own and gave me the second thing that I never had was a family. I'm an only child. And I don't really have a lot of cousins and I move uh, away from Spain. And Johan and Seb have in many ways allowed me into their family, like you were talking about Kyle. And now I have a lot of more people in the OG family. And this is in a way the family that I always wish I had. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. I love it. I have a sense of purpose and a drive that I've never had before. I wake up every day energized. I love my life. I, work, I love working with these people. Yep. They're clowny and they're funny. Seb is fucking hilarious in an unintentional way. Johan is fucking hilarious in an unintentional way. They don't understand mm-hmm. how dorky both of them are. I'll tell you one story. So when we found out that Misha, I'm going to make this public even though who knows if I, if I call it or not. <laughs> Misha, we found out that Misha's visa is denied. So Johan, Sepp and I meet on Discord. Okay, who is going? Well, it makes more sense that you, Johan, who has won two TIs playing position five, will go to the major. Johan is, there's zero fucking chances of playing this fucking shitty game. <laughs> I, am, I am done with this fucking game. Have you seen me play? I have played six games in the last three months. <laughs> But you, Seb, how many games have you played in the last seven days? 95 games. <laughs> Seb, first, you're an addict. You don't have a life. Second, get your fucking things and go to the major. <laughs> and that's how it was decided. Who was going to go to the major? That's great. I, honestly, but just it's a little sidetrack, but I, I just really respect that about Seb, even after being so decorated within his career he just loves Dota so much that he still plays like a degenerate because I think a lot of yes. people will reach that phase where you know what I've done enough it's time to just hang out but I mean he's just so committed to Dota and that's really cool I love how you use the word I committed wish. and I use the word addiction mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah I it mean, goes behind in hand eh? commitment yeah, and addiction a little bit a little bit I, I think honestly as gamers our reward system, like we fucked that up really early on in our oh, lives. Yeah. Yep. So it, yep. it, it does make sense for, for this to be where you get Did you know choice. that Seb, before he played Dota, he was a competitive break da- uh, R&B dancer and breakout dancers <laughs> in Lebanon? He competed and he's the, like the Lebanon champion. He used to have mirrors in his wall. So the same level of commitment and passion that he put in Dota. Mm-hmm. Before that, he put it on hip-hop. That makes sense. No, hip- no fucking I remember, way. Man. Yeah, so he doesn't know how to do anything else. Well, competitive, like com- hip-hop, I think is the right word. But yeah, yeah, yeah. he was champions of Lebanon, of hip-hop. That and then sense. he found something else where he can just throw himself, which is Dota. And now, even though he's done, he says, okay, I, I wake up in the morning. Now what do I do? It's like that meme, you know, from like Pablo Escobar, just mm. sitting down. Three hours later, well, maybe I should play a Dota game. Next thing we know is he's there online the whole yeah. day, the whole day. Seb, sorry, what are you going to say, Kyle? No, I just I remember vividly uh, Manila Major after party. It was legendary. But um, I just remember because we were, we were dancing, Seb like showed up at a point. He just had moves. It's like, damn. He did this thing where he was like, he was like shuffling and floating all this. And I was like, <laughs> holy shit. He's like, incredible. This mm-hmm. is, what is this? But now it all now it makes sense. You so know what? Yeah, yeah. Seriously, I don't want to fucking hear people or my parents in particular saying Dota players are just nerds because there have been so many interesting people within this community that I've heard about the things that they've done before Dota, the things that they've done after Dota, the things that they do while they play Dota. Like yeah. we've got people from all walks of life. We've got two-time yep. TI winning competitive breakdancer. Like that is really funny. Mm-hmm. 
I think it's going to require me to say hip hop dancing. Dude, hip hop Slacks was this close to being like a PhD neuroscientist. And look at him. Crazy person. But I agree with you. We have incredible people here. And you know, Johans is now, it's not that he's done with Dota and he doesn't have to prove. It's just, I think that he was mentally exhausted. But I think he was mentally exhausted a year and a half before he stopped playing. When I was living with him, I could see the light leaving his eyes slowly the last year. The first thing he did the moment that we finished TI and he announced that he was going to take a break was that he got the puppies and then he started gardening and he started planting. He plants potatoes and beans and green beans in the house and that's his whole life. Right now he's a gardener. And he's with the kids now and he's trying to teach them how to become like adults. But he was telling the other day, like he feels so old because he doesn't relate to any of the jokes anymore or any of the music or any of yeah. these things. TikTok. And it's like, yeah, I was like, oh, dude, well, welcome to the club. Yeah. But no, Dora is amazing and we have people here that are amazing. The problem is that we all live far away from each other, which is why people like coming to LA. Boom, I wrapped it up. I brought it together, yeah. guys. Yeah. Um, it's true. I, I think that for me, what hits hardest, I mean, I, I still am uh, pretty new to the scene. We've only been working uh, professionally in broadcasting for the last year, but the thing that bothers me the most about it is always when it's over and I just mm-hmm. go back home and I look around and I say, where is everybody? What happened? And it, it's really um, mm-hmm. jarring to kind of, well, I don't know how it was like four years ago, Kyle, but with the whole DPC system and how it mm-hmm. is now, it feels like a kind of, for those six weeks in Sweden, I did two tours now, I establish my roots a little bit where I kind of just get into a routine yeah. and I get used to the people that I'm seeing every day. And there's like the gym by the apartments that we stay at that I get used to going with Shiver at a certain time every day. And then I go home and suddenly it feels like, okay, I uprooted yeah. myself a little bit, but let me just go back home. Yeah. Uh, and then I'll, I'll be I have to kind of redo everything. And then when I'm done and I finally established a routine back here, I have to go back elsewhere and then i just get uprooted again and it just feels like a series of kind of my life being like a roller coaster roller coaster a little bit but in terms of like stability because i think i'm most productive if i if i have a stable schedule but just by nature of what it is that i do there's there's no way like when we finished um the second tour i came back and it was and towards the end of ramadan and everybody was like on a reversed schedule than me so i just ended up fixing my schedule to just be awake when everybody else was, which was like after 4 p.m. or 5 p.m. And then all of a sudden, like, I've just adjusted to this thing that I've been doing now. And if my visa works out for tour three, I'm just going to like flip it over again. And it, it just feels mm. really hard to uh, kind of measure my progress. And it feels like I'm constantly going from point A to point B to point A to point B to point A to point B. Yeah. I don't know of, if there's an optimization for that. I just think that that is your no. life. And, yeah. Yeah. That it, it's just it's actually one of, I think the downsides of the DPC. Like obviously, if you're a talent, you're working. Well, Must be the only downside, you're, you're right? Bla- yeah, because I, uh, <laughs> I loved DPCs. I it was different. So like when I fell in love with the talent lifestyle was like you know I got kicked from complexity. And I just went into it. I was like fuck it. Like I'll just see how this works out. I left all my stuff at my mom's house and just started traveling, and that was a really cool lifestyle because we had like these twenty lands per year if not more so you would it was more like traveling with a band that changed like it was being on tour so 
It, Formula One. DPC is like you're building a fake life and then you're ripped away from it. And the previous was like more of a it was a it was like being on tour and you'd see different players, mm-hmm. different teams, different talents, what have you. But it was just a really cool lifestyle because it felt like more but travel. But it was exhausting. Eh? It was fucking exhausting when you were like, mm-hmm. I haven't been home in three months because I bought to two yeah. lands and all that. And all you remember, I remember just airplanes, like shampoos from little bottles, you know, like mm-hmm. that was my life. And see, I it loved was... it. I, I love traveling. That's why I got into this in the first place. And I, that was the I first love time traveling. I was like, hey, I'm actually getting to travel and like explore the world and enjoy it. And I'd stay in places, you know, ESL, PGL, we play like they, they're flying me around the world. I'm abusing these free flights to like just go where I want. I crashed on couches like I got to be a guest in other people's lives, which I find really interesting. You know, I but stayed for how long, Kyle? She- how long? How long can you like maintain that before you're like? broken at that point because no i think that you're saying something exciting it's so awesome you know everybody of our viewers right now will be like wait i get paid to travel and go to dota lands for 300 years 300 days a year that's amazing yes the first two years then you're like no you have i, I love it man. your reality the, the only reason it stopped was the pandemic um and in some I ways think... I'm, I'm pretty like obviously again like i'm not gonna i'm not gonna claim like i had some like hard life like I, I got really lucky in a lot of ways i was able to be in kiev and found a mm-hmm. bunch of opportunities throughout a pandemic that basically shut down this entire industry with that said you know i loved my life and it just it just stopped so i definitely had some pretty dark times in 2020 specifically because mm-hmm. i didn't really know who i was or what i wanted and my previous lifestyle was very fun and it allowed me to sort of delay all of those big thoughts I didn't really have to pick a place to live. I could just spend a week, two weeks is is perfect anywhere. You're gonna have plenty of stuff to do. And I'm still in that process of like, you know, turning 30 soon. I still don't really know who I am either, honestly. Like, that's why me and me and Vera, Mira have always had many late night conversations about these sorts of topics. Cause it's just, um, it's like a process of of discovery that like you just feel like you'll never figure out. Like I, I don't know. Cause, cause there's different versions of yourself, right? There's sometimes like the Kyle who just wants to fuck off and play video games and just hide from the world for a day. There's another that's just trying to hit up a rave every weekend. There's another that like wants to date. There's another that prefers isolation. There's another that wants to travel and another part of you that like wants to put down roots. And mm-hmm. it's just, you can't ever get everything that you want, obviously. So you have to figure out what you want most. And that's really hard. So I want to say something, but are you, I understand that that's what you say you wanted, but mm. you, I know you're intellectually capable of understanding that if we focus on the main things that we think that we need as a society, you know, we need like the cave, you need a place that is your sanctuary that mm. you feel relaxed. That is, let's say maybe not Kyle, but most human needs that element of comfort of cave of, of place. Great. Second things, most people need a routine and they drive in routines. If you don't have a routine, your stomach goes crazy, your sleeping schedule goes crazy, your, there is other effects that are having. You all need the same level of socialization. Mm. Those things, I remember when we were traveling all year, and I was not traveling with Dota, but I was traveling with commercials and films. I, I, couldn't, I couldn't have a girlfriend or maintain a girlfriend. Or if, if I had a girlfriend, I would never see her. I could not have pets. That was the hardest thing for me, not have pets. It was horrible because I always wanted a pet. And now I have cats and now they live with my ex-girlfriend because I can't take care of them, you know, because I'm also traveling. 
So yes, it was super fun, but I don't think that diet life was fully conducive to long lasting sustainability or happiness. I agree. Does that make sense? No, I, I absolutely agree. I think Kyle is just um, like there are different types of people. Obviously, we're all different. And I think Kyle just thrives off of that fleeting nature of just being like going from couch to couch and just meeting all kinds of people. He's always been that kind of person. But I like I'm more so along the lines of what you said. I really like being at home. Like, sure, it's nice to travel from time to time, but I like having my own space. I, I like entering a, a room and just being like, this is my bed. This is where I sleep. This is where I'm comfortable. Mm -hmm. This is my happy place. These are where my books are. You know, that's where my clothes are. My dog is right there. I'm going to eat food that I enjoy that's, like, native to myself. Like, all of, the, all of these things make me feel happy, whereas, like, if I'm away from home for too long, I find myself shutting down really quickly. And I think the, the burnout that you talked about happens with people after maybe two years has already happened to me. I think in the middle of season one, I was like crying every night because I missed my dog so much. I would like FaceTime my sister, like, please, can I talk to her and see my dog? And then she would just like put her in. She'd yeah. have her... Pets are tricky, eh? You can't talk to them on the yeah. phone. And yeah. her, her stupid little face would be like looking around trying to decipher. And I, I like to think that she recognized my voice, but I realized that she probably didn't because the phone distorted. But it, it, it's just really, it, it's really hard. For me so um for myself personally i just don't know how long i could like have this kind of lifestyle which is all like it's where a lot of the anxiety comes from okay what comes next because i know that i also have to take care of my mental health and being away from home for so long is not good for my mental health but at the same time it's like okay maybe i should just establish a home elsewhere somewhere that's like more easily accessible LA. right in the middle of everything that kind of thing LA is way too... We've talked about that. I know, but that's how... It, exactly what you're describing. Exactly what you're describing is why people end up here. Maybe at least North Americans, you know? Because you have a place where you get to be with people that are like you. You have a place that at least you're always coming home to LA and you have these things. So it's completely like crazy the price. LA is a crazy place, but a lot of things that you describe, I think that is what Kyle, for example, is trying to build right now in LA. And what I've tried to build yeah. and maybe failed doing it in the past. It's exactly that. Yep. And that, to echo, um, I, what Mira just elaborated on is like definitely something I was feeling, but also somewhat ignoring because I'm definitely addicted to not not like the traditional, not traditional romance, but like the romance of traveling, of experiencing new places. Mm -hmm. I think there's it, there's a magic that that I found the first couple of trips I took when I was still a teenager and like, you know, that was like my first real escape, you know, it wasn't Harry Potter world or Hogwarts. It was Singapore and then Sweden. I was like, wow, life is incredible. Um, mm. And there's nothing more magical than like, you know, sharing, uh, shooting the shit with a friend at like a hotel or airport bar. I love because you have this once in a lifetime opportunity, you know, your life trajectory somehow in the soup of the universe have put you at the same place to share a beer for like 45 minutes. So it's like, I don't know what this person is going to tell me, but it's like my only opportunity. This is incredible. I love it. And, and, um, last thing, that's part of why I just spent it. I'm spending way too much money on a house because my, I think my you happiest days. Home, eh? Yeah. Like when I think of when I was happiest, right. It was when I had that freedom to adopt people. Like we took over the Boston major. We were rolling like 20 deep. Okay. <laughs> Same went for this DC land. We were literally 20 deep. The after party was at the Airbnb that my family stayed at. It was actually 
super cool. That's also when my family fell in love with No Tail because he brought beer, he took his shoes off when he walked in, introduced himself to my parents, thanked everybody when he left, and in general was just super nice and like a sweet guy. There were some other players who showed up, kept their shoes on, fucked off, never talked to anybody. It was also just we had Nahaz playing Mafia with this guy, Blake Martinez, led the NFL in tackles, just shows up at the party. I remember the Green Bay. Yeah. Green Bay. It was just it was just a really, really cool time. Anyway, um, I want to be able to replicate that. I want my house to be like the family house. I want, you know, if if um if if Mira or my cousins or my brothers or my parents or friends are in the area. Maybe maybe they crash on the couch or maybe they at least just stop by. Maybe this mm. is like the place where you just know you can come like hang out and enjoy yourself. And I like um, I really like hosting. I really like creating an environment where people can feel safe and comfortable and fun and they're willing if to, to be vulnerable. They record they feel like there's there's a lack of judgment and there's just a an, an environment where you can talk like we are openly and ask and discuss questions that matter to try mm. to, you know enjoy your life more this podcast today has literally been the reason why this podcast was designed it was a way for us just to have conversations i've, I've never met you before mira you know yeah. and this is like oh i'm very curious to meet them before and meeting random people and yeah i know that dota is the core element that brings us together but i think that the beautiful part is that our passion for dota is what allows all the other similarities or it's like the core anchor for everything else you know that we will develop as yeah. friends or such I agree, but I also like that we just didn't talk about Dota at all because while it is what brought us together, I think that in terms of mm -hmm. just our personal lives and our experiences, I think people within esports and Dota in particular can all relate to each other in a lot of ways. And yeah. we never really get to hear the human aspect behind a lot of these players or the people behind organizations or managers or talent. Like so many people have dealt with the same kind of like struggles or they all have that same desire for wanderlust that Kyle was talking about. And Great I mean, if, if, if there were, I love that word, but if, if there were this version of this podcast where you kind of just dive into people's experiences within esports, I mean, I would, just, I would watch the shit out of that JMR. So you should, we have it. There's more episodes <laughs> where we talk about like being to therapy or like the most traumatic things. Like, yeah. I, I talk like how my, my mental health went into shit last year. And mm. I was the first time I went to therapy constantly. And, how Johan and Seb had like Mia, which is the sports psychologist that is also a therapist, helping us because we were all losing our minds yeah. during the last DPCs last year. Mm -hmm. Everybody's minds were fucking gone. After being there in a room with each other for a year, Topias didn't see uh, his wife, Mawar, and he didn't see for seven months Rina, his baby. And he That's... was there just tanking it like a fucking champ, you know? Mm. And it's not like people think therapy is, oh, you're crazy. No, therapy is like, hey, there is something that I either don't know how to deal with or I need help dealing with yeah. or I just simply need to talk to someone that can give me either like the self-esteem that I need or help me work through those issues and I recommend it to everybody we do it with all the players all the players in OG have like these sessions with the sports psychologist but yeah like fuck everybody is just dealing with this you know this shit pie sometimes that is life and it's great things and there's bad things, so fuck it. Yeah. Just ask for help, you know, when you need it. But I think that's so important that uh, a lot of organizations and, and teams have been embracing the therapy aspect, like in conjunction with esports, because it is so mentally taxing to mm -hmm. be in the industry, whether it is as a player or as a talent 
or as you know an owner of a team as a manager anyone involved within this just go through these kind of struggles that they probably can't relate to with the people who are around on their daily lives right that's why they all become so attached to each other when they meet each other at events and all of that but it there's just so much aspects to it that really do build up over time and they don't just build up they build up to the point where they actually can create complexes within you can mm-hmm. create deep rooted deep rooted insecurities or self esteem issues or maybe can create adverse reactions that will affect you like later on in your life in certain situations so to deal with it beforehand is really important like i think for, for me personally um I, I'm still struggling really hard with just how how much feedback there is all the time. I feel like I can't say anything without like ten people commenting on the way that I said it. it. Mira, it will dest- right. it will destroy you. It, you exactly. can't read it. I, so I, I don't I don't read yeah. it. That's one of the ways that I deal uh, with it. I, I just kind of confine myself to to spaces where like I'm more comfortable. But even then, just these things. And depending on your personality type, they, they they can really like lead you to a point where it could just actually, it could ruin your career, right? Like if I ever get to a breaking point where I feel like I can't deal with the feedback online, then I could just stop working, and then maybe I I would have missed out on like a better life or maybe an incredible career opportunity that would have come later and things like that. So, for players in particular, I think a lot of them are young, a lot of them are cocky, right? and they come into the game. I'm so good. They, they come with that massive confidence and then they suffer a few losses. Why aren't they doing as well as they thought they would? And just to go from that state of I'm on top of the world to am I actually shit can be so shocking to people, especially yep. the ones who are like OG age right now, especially people like Amar. Uh, so it, it's really important to get on top of that while you can because I, I do think that player psychology plays a largely underestimated role in how players perform and i think the og magic in the past has always come from their approach to dota their approach to each other and not a lot of teams have been able to do that mostly because i, we I guess talk it's a lot like about a, it, eh? yeah. we, we try not to talk about the secret sauce even though i mean we give it away uh, enough in true sight and all that mm-hmm. but i would say that what you could like what you perceive as overconfidence my opinion is overcompensating they are scarceless mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Their buttholes are tied as fuck. Yeah. They're just super scared. And that, because if you already know that you don't need to project that, you know, I've got people that already know, Johan, Seb, and I don't know if you saw the interview that Seb said to give today after the game. He was saying, oh, so now that you are the 2TI champion and you're capturing the team, they're playing with you. And he's like, honestly, I'm trying to stay quiet because I don't know this team. I don't know how they play. And I'm trying to figure out how not mm-hmm. to make them play my Dota. Just how do they play? How do I try my best to play mm-hmm. their Dota? And I think we spoke with just Seb and he said, look, Seb, this is a mini game. This is not you trying to figure out how to get these five players to play your Dota in five days. This is a mini game. You know, you get to play this mini game where you will have an impact on these guys' lives mm-hmm. for the rest of their life. Right. So you have a chance right now to teach Amar, BCM, uh, Uragi, and Taiga how you play and how you talk to people you know and and that that's that's why it's just really important to focus on the psychological aspect mm-hmm. because the the ego is such a fragile thing like no matter how confident mm. you are or the things that you've been through in your life it's just a matter of did you have a bad day 
what went on that day, like the smallest thing that cannot affect you on one day can just totally break you the next day. Yep. So to yep. be able to kind of build those shields or just build that kind of authentic type of confidence where you're not constantly projecting it outwards, I think is probably the most important thing that you can yep. do for younger players and just people in general. And I mean, so many, not to criticize on a very general uh, tangent, but I think a lot of parenting failures created a lot of like the way that our generation approaches the world right now because it was more so you always have to be one, two, three, four, five. I mean, especially in the East. And if you aren't these things, you're not good enough. And then suddenly you mm. go through your entire life overcompensating. Did I do this well enough? Wait, this isn't enough to impress. And then you think you're better than you actually are. And then it can all just pop one day. So it's the it's the great irony is that your know, life is very single player. And you need like you cannot fake how you feel. And if you're happy and satisfied, like it shines from you, like happiness comes first. And because mm. of that, all the things you traditionally associate with happiness come afterwards. Like it's it's this it's very weird. Like I know if I'm in a bad place, like I'm less interesting and kind and I'm a different person because I don't feel good like about myself. Mm -hmm. If I feel good about myself, it's much easier to like be kind even. Like it, you just, you, you you can see, you know, that's why you can tell like a, a genuine smile, right? Cause it kind of shines out of you. And if you're faking it, it it's, yeah. it's obvious. But that's why people are one. so attracted to that, right? The people with the sparkling mm -hmm. eyes and that liveliness and their smile, like everyone's crowding around them all the time. And it's, because of what Kyla just described, it just it's authentic and it shows, and it's something that a lot of people lack for themselves. Like I often find that the things that we lack within ourselves, we will try to find in the people around us, and yeah. vice versa. I was gonna share with you guys the message with Seb. So I talked to Seb right after the game today, and I get criticism all the time, and people are saying to me like, <laughs> "Oh my God, you're always blowing a smoke up Seb's ass," you know? You are in love with this guy. It's like, yes, I'm. I have a massive crush on on all of them because they're all special for, for different reasons, yeah. you know? Seb, Johan, Misha, and Taiga are probably the guys that I know the most, you know? And they're both, all of them, incredible for different reasons. But Seb has this harmonious feeling where somehow his light is all over the place and he's constantly looking at a million things. But the moment that you put him on land, it does soup. The world just suddenly is quiet. The world suddenly moves slowly. This guy has not gone to a fucking land since the, uh, since TI. And before TI, he hasn't gone to a land in three years or two years. Did you guys watch him play today? That guy doesn't look like a person that has not been in land. There is an element of just, oh, okay, this That's is serenity. my world. That's it, serenity. This is my world. And he was talking to me. He was like, dude, you can't imagine how great it feels to be back in land again, you know? How easy it is for me to go back into the mojo and just enjoy this game. He was like saying, it's like, I've been playing these many pubs because, you know, I don't play this position. I spend all my night playing, but then I get to land and I just feel serenity. Mm. It's like, fuck yeah, you know? And I, I compliment Seb, but I'm also complimenting Johan. For Johan yep. is, is I, I'm going to try I, to figure out what is the word, acceleration. Johan is happiness. It's yep. pure joy when he goes to land. Can I, can I chime in real quick? I think yep. it should be, and I would say to even the viewers, gas up your friends. Like mm -hmm. spread love. If you feel something about a person, if you find yourself like really enjoying their company, spending a lot of time with them, valuing their judgment and feedback, like spread that. 
it, it's so it's so good. Like, I, I also I genuinely so inspiring, dude. So I, inspiring. I, they're so much younger than me, but they're fucking incredible, both of them. Yeah. Well, I you mean, cut me off as I was about to compliment you. <laughs> okay, sorry, but go it's ahead. fine. Me, but <laughs> exactly, because I don't feel part. comfortable with my own compliments. I know, but that's the thing. It should be normalized. Like, it should be normalized to compliment your friends. Like, I think you're both very good at what you're doing. I think Jay, your your bleeding heart has gotten you into trouble. You remind me of my mom. But you're a genuinely good person who's trying to do right in the world, and I appreciate that about you, Mira. I mean, you're a badass. You're incredibly talented. I've told you this many times. And highlights of many of my trips were not the panels, but the mariposas. And oh, um, I think in general, that's something that, you know, public or private, you should just share more often. Like that's, it, it's weird because I feel weird if people say nice things about me too, but like it still means something and like you remember it. And I vividly remember a couple of times where people said like really nice things to me and um, like shit, I'll use the best compliment I ever got 11 years ago. I'll never forget. One of my cousin's girlfriends told me, Kyle, I, I love you because you make me feel like I can achieve anything. Uh, when I talk to you, I feel like I can achieve anything. I've never forgot that. And I also try to hold myself to like this version, if that makes sense. So like, mm -hmm. I don't really think I'm this person a lot of the time, but like this person did and I can't let them down. And that's who I want to be. Dude, so. there's this theory that if people see you as a hero, you will become the hero for them. Yeah. You know, if they're looking at there in their eyes, if they treat you like shit, then you will become shit, you know? Mm -hmm. So in a way you all, everybody wants to, like, that's why for us it's positive reinforcements all the time, you know? I need to treat you like you are the hero already and you will become the hero. If I treat you like, oh, you're shit, you're not good enough, or you look at this and all that, how do you say, well, really, I'm going to prove you wrong? That's a wrong way of, of, of playing and a wrong way of, of living, you know? You're not supposed to prove anybody wrong. Fuck all of them. Mm -hmm. You know? Are yeah. you There's happy becoming that person? There's nobody to prove wrong. <laughs> like, we're all, we're all dust. You know, none right. of this really matters. Just do what matters to you and try to be the best version of yourself. But so there's the a best. guy called, there's a guy from the president of Barstools that he, every single time somebody wrongs him, he puts a champagne bottle in his house and he writes the name of the person that wrote him and waits until he gets them back or they fail in life to pop the champagne and go into social media and drink it. Not sure how healthy <laughs> it is, but he's fucking hilarious. That's some, there's uh, a bunch of... <laughs> <laughs> that's some badass energy. But no, I, I, I do think, I just want to highlight that... I think that people genuinely do not compliment each other enough and I feel like it's because they're just so concerned with how they may be perceived. Like, will mm. I seem will I seem creepy if I compliment my friend who's female? Is she, is she going to think that I'm into her? If I compliment my male friend, they think I want something. But it's really important to do it because like Kyle said, the best compliment that he got was 11 years ago and he still remembers it. And it still had an impact on him. And you don't we know what kind of better compliments for you, Kyle. <laughs> Sorry, Mira, I interrupted yeah, you. Yeah, but you just you just um you don't know what kind of influence you're going to have, not just on somebody's day, but maybe their next upcoming mm. years with the words that you choose to say to them. Yeah. Because sometimes like I still I remember this isn't necessarily the same as a compliment, but it's more so just a random act from a stranger but i was having a really 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 horrible night one night and then I, this was when i was in america for college and then i went to ihop and i was having like pancakes at two in the morning and I was just crying in a corner looking at my phone the waiter comes up and he just says you seem like a genuinely good person you shouldn't cry and then when i was on my way out and wanted to pay the bill he said that he had already taken care of it and that's probably one of the moments that i'm still gonna remember 40 years from now 50 years from now and as bad as my night was 
instead of going home and kind of sobbing more and being pathetic, I decided because of this stranger, I'm just going to get my shit together and just try to fix the problem that I was dealing with at the time. And that person actually just had such a profound influence on what my next year looked like, actually, because I don't want to go into detail because it's personal, but it was kind of a make or break moment for me. And that push came out of someone who wasn't afraid to just be kind. And it yeah. really made such a big difference. So. Carl, can I add something for a second? It was a Patronus. That's all. I just, oh. that, that's back to Patronus. He was yeah. my Patronus. So <laughs> Johan, Johan uh, said something on another podcast that we can cut and put here. My uh, math. He said that in OG, we work a lot with the inner monologue, you know, and we tell ourselves around 68,000 words a day. So you're writing yourself a book to yourself every day. What kind of book do you want to read every day? A book where you're the hero or a book where you're the, the victim, you know? Mm-hmm. So, you know, on a Friday you get out of a school and people are making fun of you and you can be thinking, oh shit, I have to go on the bus, I have no friends, they're going to be making fun of me and I'm going to be that. Or you're thinking, I can't wait to go home so I can actually play video games and I can be with my friends so I don't have to see these people for the next three days. It's going to be awesome. I'm going to ride my bike and all that. And you end up believing the reality. Like I, I believe that, you know, like the perception is reality. It becomes your reality. And now mm-hmm. this is just super hardcore and super hard to do. But I think that we all, we have all created our own reality. Now, the good thing about Kyle is going to point out, or he pointed out at the beginning is that even though I believe all these things, and my dating life somehow I applied zero of them. <laughs> that, that, I applied all of them in my working life. I applied all of them when I'm trying to help people with my psychology with people. On my dating life, I'm a fucking moron. Yeah. And mm. yes, I know it's easier to preach than to actually do. But I would say that for me, the key moment was living with Johan. I started believing on the things that Johan lives by. And I believe those are the things that made OG successful. And I always say, like, Seb is the, the brain of, of OG, Johan is the heart of OG, and I'm the fire of OG. I just bring the passion. And, mm-hmm. But this is for me, I'm an evangelist of Johan and Seb's values and, and how they see the world. And now we have way more people inside OG that are living by those values. And it's awesome that, I mean, we don't always get it right. But it's like, I think on the trying, you know, it's important that every day we wake up and say, hey, how do we do this? How do we do that? And I was talking with Kyle, we went for dinner this this week, yeah, and about transactional friendships and transactional uh, elements in our life, and I'm done with transactional elements. Maybe it's because I already achieved a level of success where I don't need them anymore. For me, is are you genuine? Are you fun? Do you bring things to my life? And I don't care if you are a waiter, a farmer, a student, or a billionaire. You know, I don't care because I don't need anything from you anymore. I'm in a good place in my life. So now what I value the most is authenticity. And Mm -hmm. Kyle, that's my compliment to you. You're probably the most authentic person that I've ever met. Because if you were more aware of how funny and crazy you are, I don't think you will say 90% of the things that you say. But because you say them, I know that you are authentic (laughs) as fuck. Like, think about it. The fact that you are this dysfunctional, crazy, funny, and super intellectual person is who you are. And I know some people only see the clowny part of you, but you're one of the smartest and most intellectual people that Mm -hmm. I've ever spoken to. And you're still very fucking young, bro. And you are awesome. And I'm sure Mira, that is here, and I never met her before, agrees with all of this. I agree entirely. And it's time to toot Kyle's horn. But really, Kyle, 
is probably the most misunderstood person within Dota <laughs> because he's honestly, like you said, the most authentic person I've met, but also the most genuinely kind and just the one who would always go out of his way for other people. And the reason why Kyle and I get along so well is just I feel like we can have the kind of conversations that other people think are just really weird or I can say things to him where like I could look back on with somebody else and just be like, how, how the fuck could I say that? And why did he not react that way? But Kyle kind of just absorbs it all with absolutely no judgment and like bounces off of it. And it, it just feels like he, he is the type of person who if he says something, he means it as well. So if he tells you that he's going to be in your life, then he's going to be in your life, right? And I think people like that are just so rare to come by that when you do come by them, you have to like cherish them. Which is why probably I put in a lot of... I'm a very bad socializer, right? It's hard for me to keep in touch with people. I Just because of my bad habits when I was a teenager, I would kind of just like all in on playing games on the weekend and ignore my friend's text messages. It became a really, really shitty habit that I'm aware of. But I will always go out of my way to regularly talk to Kyle because he matters to me and I would be very sad if he were to just like stop talking to me as well. And... There are very few people in the world who can solicit that kind of response, I think. So, Kyle, how are you feeling? You're a great person. Everyone loves you. The people who matter love you. The fools on the internet And the rest don't, don't understand matter. you, you know? Yeah. The rest don't understand you. Genu he's genuinely misunderstood, though. Like, yeah. the, the, the Kyle but, uh, that I know really, is so He tries very fucking removed. hard to be misunderstood. <laughs> he tries it very hard because, you know, he starts posting shit on Twitter and he's like, oh, here we go again. You know? yeah, I genuinely think I, gen I think it's hilarious. I feel like Kyle does these things with the knowledge that it's gonna provoke people, and sometimes he's even mean half the things he says. I still don't understand why he does it, but like when I I, I've defended Kyle so much in the last year to people, and they're just like, "But isn't it horrible when he says that?" I'm just like, do you really think he means that? Like, relax. But I told Kyle, why do you feel that you have to pick up these random fights that have nothing to do with you? Just stay quiet. Just stay quiet. I just go on social media to say good things about you and about people and bad things about Alliance and EG. The rest is fine, you know? Just just say good things about it. You, but you're picking fights with everybody, you know? At least. And people, you know yeah, what? I, I have a theory, Mira, that I have to put my profile photo has to be a photo with Kyle holding hands. Because every single time I make fun of him, he thinks that we have real beef. I posted the other day, Kyle, why don't you go and put a stack together so you can get shit on on the NA qualifiers, the PPD famous tweet. And everybody's like, yeah, fuck Kyle. What a fucking <laughs> asshole. I'm like, okay, miss the point by a fucking mile. You know? But yeah, but that, that, that's the thing, though. That's what I mean by misunderstood. Like, there's so much noise online. Like, people... It makes me laugh when I look through Reddit or something or... Uh, just Twitter and people talk about Kyle like he's a genuinely bad person it's like how can you be so far off the mark probably because you suck at presenting yourself publicly Kyle but one's presentation of themselves doesn't necessarily um, define like their values and who they are and I don't think Kyle's ever brought his values into Dota but people are like so keen on jumping and like yeah you suck Pepe spit it's just that that's what I mean by like it's very mentally taxing I, I think Kyle's very good at dealing with it much better than I would be but it's still mentally taxing like it, it does add up and I don't think people realize how much their words can add up and really affect somebody and when you talk about it people will always tell you the same thing which is you know don't read it 
don't look at it just block these people and all of these things are valid all of these things are valid but that that's just like the default response to when people talk about how it makes them feel instead of kind of just listening to what they're saying like oh it genuinely hurts your feelings maybe i should kind of mince my words or just be a little bit more careful but instead the default is like why do you even care that's your so now it's my turn to turn into you mira kyle has been telling me about you for a very long time about how wonderful you are about how the part that we've seen on the stream is still a very small part of who you are (laughs) and how you're a superstar I think (laughs) I got to see a little bit more. Yeah, yes, because I think it's always hard because exactly what you said. I don't know how comfortable I feel complimenting a specific trait before it gets either weird or misunderstood. But I think that you're the perfect package to become a superstar in the world of Dota and in the world of many other games that you can do because you're very pretty, you're very, very funny, you're very smart, you're very eloquent, and you're actually a true gamer. And if your peers want to work with you and respect working with you, that is at the end of the day, the sale of approval, you know, because they want to work with you and they come around and they talk good about you, but they don't have to. You're not even there, you know, Mm. and he spends the whole lunch selling me on on you. And I wish more people got to see the version that I'm getting to see right now because you're being vulnerable, you know, and and that makes you even more interesting because nobody wants to see like the perfect like ice queen, you know, Mm. nobody can relate to that. But you are a nerd, you are vulnerable, you struggle through life. And I think that we all have to figure out a way to frame the casters and the talent and the players, not as these perfect, iconic, you know, like anime characters. You guys are three dimensionals, you guys are humans. And Mm -hmm. just like the viewers go through the same shit, just like me, just like everybody, you just happen to be better than them and (laughs) speaking, (laughs) playing Dota. And being on panels, and that mm-hmm. makes you fantastic, you know. So, well, I mean, yay, thank yay you. First of all, thank you. That that's very nice. You said some very nice things, and uh, I feel like I should always come on this podcast. Like this ego boost is. Ooh. Yeah, <laughs> you can record it and watch <laughs> this, it again. It's in YouTube. This, this ego yeah. boost, I, I I've really been needing because I actually went through a bad breakup recently, and I've been feeling very bad about myself. But, Sorry to hear. No, but it's it, it's really nice to hear these things, and not just for the sake of oh, gonna feel better about myself, but but just to. To see that maybe one person's perception of me isn't how other people perceive me. So I think that's... I think there's a lot of people that perceive you like like me and like Kyle. And obviously, I only knew from the from the Dota side, you know. I don't, I've never met you as a person. But fuck, you're awesome, you know. Oh, and I, I mean, think that you bring a lot of light into the panels and into the, the work that you do. Oh, my God. I thank you. I don't know what to say. I, I think it's just, like, strange for me because we talked about it um, earlier, but... When I think that people watch the work that I do and they say, wow, I really like her. She's cool. I'd like to meet her. That doesn't really like click in my head because in my head, I'm just myself and I'm just doing the Mm -hmm. thing that that I always do. Just like play Dota and like I see myself at my worst moments and I'm like weird and I have like my really shitty moments as well. And like to to think that people have like a a nice perception, not just the bad stuff that I read is, is something that I should also like remind myself but it's still really weird like it's just it's very strange i think i just so I will haven't keep on, grasped <laughs> i haven't grasped I will keep on giving compliments <laughs> to everybody yeah one of my favorite things about dota is that we have some of the coolest personalities in all video games because i know that other games have enhanced more or, or gone for more like be professional you know but mm-hmm. in dota we have some national treasures or international treasures it's like he's fucking amazing 
-hmm. Like, and we have like randoms as well that are fucking amazing. Jenkins is funny as fuck. Sans fan, Cindering, Odie Pixel, fuck, Kyle, like Kyle Cindering. Like, we have incredibly talented and funny people in Dota. And I think that a lot of why I love Dota esports is because of them. Because mm -hmm. I get to see the product and the product is them and then the game that I love. If it was yeah. just the game that I love, for me, it wouldn't, it wouldn't work. It wouldn't work. Like, I don't only see a game because of the casters. I see because I need to see good Dota. But fuck, you guys realize that I spend my days as a 36-year-old watching you guys being funny on a desk and feeling, shit, it's like the friends that I don't have but I want to have, you know? The sense of proximity and the sense of belonging. Which yep. is the tribal identity of the game, yeah? So. That's so sweet, actually. Jeez. So. Okay. L listen, <laughs> you need to do this version of this podcast more. And you I did, did it, Mark. We did it last yeah, week celery you, you as need, well. You need, to, <laughs> you need to just talk to people about the essence of what makes themselves your experiences. Because it just like hearing this kind of perspective... Um, I feel like I'm rambling a little bit, but I, I just feel like I've been so focused on the Dota part of this job for, I mean, since the DPC started, that I forgot that there's just like this incredible human aspect that I haven't seen in a long time. And you just like reminded me of it, JMR, and it just, now, now I'm having like this weird kind of uh, thought of, wow, I'm just really glad to do what I do. That hasn't happened so in a Kyle, while. So Kyle says that you make, like the girl said, that you make people feel that they can do anything. For me, I am a disruptor. For me, I, I, I want people to just take a second and just understand, holy shit, you are great. You are fucking awesome. Look at how grateful you are. And I, I say it all the time. Every, every day I take time out of my day to sit down in, in quiet or walking and say, hey, where am I in my life? What am I grateful for? Again, I'm not giving the oh Jesus, but we do this every day. What am I grateful for? Everybody stops what they're doing and say, what are they grateful for? What are you in the world right now? Because fuck, we are in Lisbon playing video games for a living. We have a private chef. We have a house. Mm. I know it sucks. I know the screens were awful. Take a second, you know, here you are with your friends playing Dora. People that care about you, that will literally anything that happens goes for you. And with Kyle, you said about the breakup. Kyle is a person that I call in the middle of the night when I had a breakup a few months ago and he will come to my house and all that. Like we have incredible people here and we have a sense of community that we will be surprised how much we actually care about each other, even though we've never met. Even though we've never met, there's a lot of people in this, uh, in this community that will go to long stands to help each other. Mm -hmm. In OG Discord, there's so many people that are willing to help each other and Dota is awesome, the community is awesome, DPC sucks, but the rest is awesome, you know? And we're very lucky to have this nurturing community. This community was not built by Valve. They built the game, the community was built by itself. I know and it's it been incredible. That was fucking wholesome. I mean, I'm glad I came on today, I feel like. Then it yeah. was pleasant, I, I feel really kind of like bumpy right now. Me too. You guys said some really nice things, <laughs> I appreciate it. Yeah. And uh, the secret sauce I've built a few Dota broadcasts. If you ensure that the environment off camera is comfortable and welcoming and that the people involved are going to have good vibes in the green room and like want to be there, then the on camera broadcast is also going to be great. Um, and I think that's something I, that a lot of people don't understand too, Kyle. Yeah. Like, but it's also why. Yeah, I don't know. 
Johan told me that it was very impressive because obviously he's never been like that. And he told me after Dubai, is like, I think one of the most impressive things that I learned is like how fucking hard these people work when we don't see them, yeah? And how they're in the green room. And yeah, they're like talking shit sometimes, but it's like, they're trying, they're working. And Caps was like, okay, hey, Johan, how do I set you better? How do I set you up better? How mm -hmm. do I do this? And Johan is thinking, set me up better? I'm the one that doesn't fucking know anything, you know? Tell mm -hmm. me how to set you up better. So uh, I think that that is, I wish more people understood that, you know? You guys are not just showing up there and talking. There is an incredible amount of preparation, an incredible amount of work that you guys do behind closed doors. And even just playing Dota and staying up with Dota because his game is super complicated. So yeah, look, I took a shot at you guys where sometimes you get things wrong, but it will not be for the lack of trying. And as long as you guys try and as long as you guys work hard on it, then we should all be very thankful for it because it, it, it really contributes to the community and the product and honestly to my life outside of the game, you know? Again, I'm 36 and I watch Dota every day. Every day. It's an integral and vital part of my life. I watch every day the screams the players play every day with comms every day. So I know when somebody's tilted, I know what they have a bad day and I know I hear every day the debriefing. I hear every day what they're thankful for and the old roster, I used to come in every day as well to say what I was grateful for and all that. And you've built that sense of I don't want to say friendship because it's not exactly friendship, even though it's power of friendship, you know, G. but I think it's just companionship and camaraderie, community. camaraderie. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Like these people are here for you. They are, they are here for you. Eh? Quick note. You gotta go. Yeah. yeah I mean, <laughs> I, I had to go like 15, 30 minutes ago, uh, but I was enjoying this. Um, but yeah, I don't really know how to summarize, but my final words are, uh, I'll see you in Stockholm. I don't know. That's the final words. Is that the announce? Uh, you're gonna actually formally announce me, or is yes. this just how so it is? Okay, you bet. Knowing, okay, Use we'll a good photo of me. The announcement will be that because uh, Sepp is gonna be playing uh, now, and Johan is gonna be coaching, on, Kyle bitch. is gonna be hosting the podcast with me, the live show with me, and Johan promised me that he will join after the games uh, in the venue. So yeah, uh, Kyle and Jay will be hosting the live show in Stockholm. So yay, yay. Mira, it's been incredible. But uh, thank you so much for having me. Honestly, I really came into this podcast thinking we were going to talk about Dota the entire time. And I was just really pleasantly surprised to be reminded of all of the things that I love about esports and how great people can be. And just, I don't know, I, I feel very fluffy right now. I, I, I can't wait to yeah. just <laughs> play Dota feeling good. If I win... 100 MMR tonight, it's because of both of you. So thank you for having me. It was lovely having you here. And I hope that we can have more conversations. Next time I will bring Johan and Seb. So when we talk about how great they are, they can also be fluttering in front of us you know, <laughs> and turning red. That sounds thank you so great. much, everybody. And yeah, follow, subscribe, and leave comments. And Mav, good luck editing this. Cheers. <laughs>